You are listening to the Technical Foul Podcast for Thursday, April 12, 2018. I'm your host, Manny Fresh, and uh, I am joined by, it has to be the biggest guest of the show to date. Um, he may not believe this, but, you know, he is. He's the, he's the most well-known guest on the show. Uh, the Suge Knight of Dead End, Medi- Dead End Media, Mr. Kenneth B. Ng. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well on, on this Thursday. Um, just chilling, man. What's, what's good with you? Nothing much, man. Just living the American dream. That's all. Living the American dream. <laughs> another day, another dollar. Yeah. Of course, of course. So, uh, you guys that listen to the show often know that I have done some work with Mr. Mr. Kenneth on his uh, show, uh, Dead End Sports. Um, so, finally decided to get him on the uh on the TFP side of things to obviously talk about the NBA playoffs, but other things, other things that we, we've, we've been meaning to have a, 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 some several conversations on some certain topics that, you know, he keeps attacking me on, but you know, uh, you know, I let him live. I let him, I let him, I let him breathe on those topics on his show. Cause you know, I don't want to bogart anything. So, you know, I f- finally figured that I give him the, the platform and the arena to, to air out his grievances with me on certain issues. So. <laughs> Bring me to your domain. I see how it goes. Yeah, I gotta have the home field advantage, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we start, man, every time I introduce a new guest, man, I, I like to I like to get the audience. To, I like to let the audience get to know them a little bit. So, um, for those that haven't listened to you, never experienced you before, or whatever, don't know much about you, um, just give them a quick bio um of you yourself who you are um dead end media how you got started all that good stuff uh yeah i'll, I'll try to quick keep it brief but um but yeah as you said i'm i'm ken with uh with with the dead end media we put out uh, a couple of shows um we put out a youtube show which is a uh, dead hip hop so it's a video uh you can just Google it or go to YouTube and put in Dead Hip Hop. It'll pop up. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, we do the uh, sports show that drops every Wednesday, uh, Dead End Sports. And we have a podcast uh, called Is the Mic Still On, where we just talk about whatever. So that's the one where we kind of just come around and just clown and, and talk about, you know, what the latest topics going on in the world. Um, it's just a bit serious. It's, it's a bit fun. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to think of a, a, a tag for it, but, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking about some of the things that I say on the show, which may not be appropriate. And I think about like Sophie and Mike, who tend to uh, say all the right things. <laughs> and uh, um, so, yeah, it's kind of like a show. Um, it's a politically correct show with and politically correct people on it or something along those lines. So I'm still working on it. But um but yeah, and you know, sometimes I think the world is, um, especially the world on Twitter, mm-hmm. is um, is always full filled with people that try to be PC. But when you come off Twitter and you interact with like real people, that it doesn't exist. Like those are people that's gonna say whatever they feel, and you know, you just got to deal with it. And it is what it is. Sometimes I think people sometimes get mixed up and think that the world is what they see on Twitter when it's not. So um, that's kind of where I'm kind of going with that because some of us just say what people are already saying out there in the world anyway. So, so yeah, that's, that's the bulk of it. Those, um, Oh, we also do, uh, 
uh, put out um, Chris Platty's show, uh, his podcast. So cool. you know, we work with him. So we're working with him about a uh, about a year or so now, and we're gonna do some more stuff. So we got some more stuff in the works. But yeah, that's it, man. So been around since 2011. So we've been uh, we've been here a minute and. We just got a studio, and we should be moved in in May. So, congrats on that. I, I seen that. Off. I seen that. Congrats on that. That's that's major. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, we've been stifled a little bit where we were um, at the Artist Factory, and and when they shut down, it kind of forced this move, and uh, here we are. Yeah, I mean, for those of us that have followed Dead in Hip Hop from the start, we we can all attest. It's it's we've seen it from from the beginning stages. So for y'all to have a studio, that's major. That's 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 dope. So real talk, man. Uh, congrats on that. That's that's really big. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, and before we get into it, I mean, uh, how did you get started with with the whole Dead End Media concept? What 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 kind of what kind of inspired you to get that going? Mm, um. You know, I, I've um, I've always been in the media space, one way or, or the other. Where you know, I think one weekend I put together an online uh, radio station uh, from from scratch with software, and that's how I learned how to do uh, work on websites. Um, before I moved to Atlanta, I, I was doing radio. I did radio for three years. Worked in news production for three years as well, and I moved to um, to Atlanta to take up computer programming. And, you know, back then, you, at least I, if I remember correctly, you made, um, pretty good money working in that field. And I'm a man who at the time didn't need a lot to survive. So I was just going to do that in the daytime and, and stack up the money to start a production company. Well, you know, life happens and that didn't happen according to plans. And, you know, Tom, one money. You know, I was working on my master's, got back in the space when I discovered blogs, started to put together a plan for a blog, started building up the blog, was putting together a, um, a project uh, as I was nearing completion of my master's. And um, just one day, watch, reading an email thread, um, this guy, uh, Doug, Doug, his name was Doug, and he said, uh, here goes another day in hip-hop conversation, and that was the name. And, you know, I envisioned video for that and for people sitting around just talking about hip hop like we did at work. Right. So the, the concept and the idea and the vision was already there because it was something that we were doing already. Um, but it's just one of those things where it was the aha moment and, mm. and that hit. So, yeah, so I hit up Modest Media about it, pitched the idea to him to see, you know, what he thought about it. And, and um and, you know, he, he went and put together like a treatment, came back a couple of months, showed it to me. And from there, we, we started recruiting. And uh, when it got B, FIFO, Mike, and, you know, we, we, we went to work. So it started out with just me, FIFO, and B. Then Mike came on later on around episode nine. But he was in some of the early episodes, but he was able to do it uh, full time with us around episode nine. And um, so, again, going all the way back to when I first came to uh, to Atlanta, um, with the way technology advanced over the years, with YouTube, 
with the ability to just go out and create and do your own thing online, um, it, it opened the door for, um, one to create a, a media company, so to speak. Right. And I've always kind of had a vision of seeing, seeing something somewhat like complex media, though they were always yeah. the competition. And, um, and so we did the first, the name of the website was what is hip hop and it was going to be uh what is hip hop presents dead and hip hop conversations but dead and hip hop just kind of took off and it just became a no brainer to switch to that and then it just became dead in everything and and that was pretty much it so uh, about a year or so after doing the uh the hip hop show we decided to do sports and then you know last year we decided to do podcasting which i wanted to do podcasting in 2012 because i saw it coming i saw it coming on the horizon but i didn't get a chance to get in like i got in early mm. with video um mainly because when i was working on my master's program you know just doing research for that i just saw a lot of articles written about video and how everybody was saying video was next Video is coming. Everybody's going to be doing video. You have mobile phones on the on the rise, and you know eventually tablets came along, so it would have been easier to for easier for people to consume. Right. And the same thing that's happened with happening with audio. Um, now that they um, they're putting podcast apps in in cars now, audio is about to take off. And then you got Alexa, you got Google Home, you got the HomePod. So audio is going to be much much easier to consume than video. But I got in early and. I didn't understand YouTube because I didn't use YouTube. It just, there wasn't anything there for me. But Modest Media did, and, you know, other people at work did as well. So I just asked them about it, and they told me that it was a time warp. He said, you'll go on there, you'll watch one video, and the next thing you know, three hours later, you're still on YouTube. Real talk. That yeah. Everything's on YouTube. Yeah. So, and, and that just, that clicked for me. I was like, okay. So I don't need to necessarily know how to use something or use it in order for me to understand how everyone else engages with it. So once I understood that, I was like, okay, well, it makes sense to put a video on there because eventually, I mean, everybody's already on this, the number two search engine in the world. So, um, so yeah, so that was that. So once that was created, once that grew, once that started to gain some recognition within the hip hop space, um, it was just planning from there and just building and building and building and being patient and um, putting out quality work. And, you know, here we are. So now it's just trying to build on what has already been built, which is the foundation. So now it's time to build up and outward. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's dope. So what's the future? What's the future look like? I mean, you guys have uh, tremendous success with Dead End Hip Hop, obviously. Um, I, I would say if you're a true hip hop fan, if you're not on Dead End Hip Hop, um, you're doing yourself a disservice because, I mean, those guys just do amazing work. <clears throat> so um, what is the future? I mean, what's the future looking like? Obviously, you guys have the studio, so I'm, I'm, I would assume big things to come. So just tell us a little bit about what the future looks like for just not just Dead End Hip Hop, but Dead End Media as a whole. You know, it's, it's a time that I'm looking forward to. Um, I think one of the things that I want to do is to bring video back for Dead End Sports. Um, I think that's something that we we started a while ago, and it was uh, it was successful. But we 
scheduling. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyle was a dad and, and a family man. And, right. You know, um, Modest Media was running its own company, so um, his time was limited. So we want to bring that back. Now that we have our, our own space, we can do that. Um, so I definitely want to do that. I want to do Dead and Hip Hop Live. Um, we want to hold live events. We um, we want to do video for Is the Mic Still On? So we have a YouTube channel for that. So we're going to do like bits and stuff for that. Um, find and put out more dope shows. Because one of the things that happened with us um, coming out was, I mean, you know, we were nobody. Nobody knew who we were. And it was hard for people to give us a chance. Right. So I remember that. So I always want to stay humble. And if we find something that's good, then we definitely want to, you know, support it and get behind it. And if we have the, the means to put it out and, um, you know, under what we're doing and try to just um, grow that as well. So and then I think uh, with, you know, definitely more video with with Dead and Hip Hop, um, get on more of a I'm thinking about getting on more of a consistent schedule. Um, and I'm looking to do 24 hour programming or something along those lines so I'm still doing some research on that hmm. um, but yeah you'll, you'll be amazed at the things you you find just by talking to to kids I call them kids but they're really just uh, teenagers and, and college students but um, but yeah just some amazing things man and then uh, the last thing for now there's more but I don't want to bore everybody uh, uh, you're not boring nobody man go ahead <laughs> <laughs> So I definitely want to get into video gaming and continue to grow in the uh, in, in the comic space. So I want to put more time, effort, and energy in, into that as well. So it's a lot, man. My plate's full, <laughs> but I try to um, focus on one thing at a time. And uh, you know, if if I can get a system going with that, then I'm able to kind of expand out and, and move forward and do do other stuff. But you know, it's it's. I mean, I, I I'm blessed. I feel like I'm blessed. Um, because, and, and fortunate, man, because, you know, Modest Media, Mike, B, FIFO, like, extremely talented, smart brothers, and, um, and dedicated, man. And, Absolutely. And, um, just to have this idea and to, you know, do this with them, for them to have faith, you know, in me to do it and to still be around and, it's uh it's it's truly a blessing, man. So um I like to always credit and thank them where possible. But we're we're brothers, we're family, you know, so um, you know, it's it's, it's nothing but um but yeah, I mean, clearly without them none of this would be possible, but that's just how the world is. Um, you know, you always need people to be able to uh do dope stuff and, and they really uh help out a lot and, and uh a key log and everything that we're doing. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and if you, if, if someone was to come up to you in the street and ask you for some kind of advice on just how to get started, I mean, obviously you talked about how you guys were young in the game and, 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 you know, just kind of had to put the work in. Um, what, what advice would you give not just to myself, but just other individuals out there that are interested in media, wherever, hip hop, sports, whatever. I mean, anybody that's interested in any kind of digital media platform, what, um, what advice would you give them? It's tough. It's really, really hard. Um, I will say that, but I'll say the, the most important thing, and I, and I see this happen a a lot. You, You have to be prepared for the work. 
it's nonstop. I right. do dead end from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. And um, if you're not prepared for that, then don't do it because you don't get days off. And you have to be patient um, because, you know, it, it took us a year. Like I, the first video we went up, you know, we got like 100 views and we were we were happy. And, you know, we just set goals. Can we get to 500 and get to 1,000? And um, so we, we did a lot of planning. And that was one thing. Like Rod and I, we work really, really well together. Um, and and we're yin and yang. But somehow we, we've managed to find a, a spot in the middle um, to, to make things work. So I'm the idea guy. He's the executioner. So um, I think... That's important to be able to plan and set goals. And and we were able to do that. So we had a vision, so we worked backwards. So this is where I wanted to go. So how do I get there and what are the steps I need to get there? So you kind of say this is the end game and then you work backwards from there all the way to the beginning. And then just showing up to work every day. You have to show up to work every day, whether it's on social media, um, behind the scenes, Whatever it is, you have to show up to work every day, and over time it'll pay off. The competition is is tough because everybody's doing some of everything right now. But if you're patient, if you play the long game, um, what I see is that I see people dropping off. I see people quitting. So and and that means they're not dedicated, you know. So something always happens, and when that show, that video, or that podcast. When they stop putting out content, that audience, they're going to look for something else. Mm -hmm. And you're there. So for us, man, I've seen so many people, you know, start out with us. And then a year later, a couple of months later, they're gone. And and we're still here. And um, and over time, you just aggregate all of those those users and, um, you know, and, and, and you pull it into who you are. But... I think the, the, one of the most important things that we did is we, we paid attention to the people that paid attention to us and we engaged with them. We interacted with them. We were not, you know, bougie or thought we were better than anybody. Um, we, 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 we gave them time. And when we started out, we were in the comments because nobody was in the comments. When they put out a video, they put it out and they run. But we were in the comments talking to people, and that shocked them. And we still keep that up to date, man, because we understand and know that without them, we wouldn't even be here. So they are extremely important to what we do. And, um, yeah, and that's that. So so that's that's what I would say. I mean, if you're good, if you're good, the quality will speak to yourself, speak, speak for itself. But if everything else isn't around that, no matter how good you are, it, it's, it's worth nothing. So, you know, there are plenty of people that are as talented as, and, and dope, um, you know, on the court as some of the basketball players you see in the NBA, but they just, they waste their talent. So, because they didn't show up to work every day. So, so that's it, man. Yeah, you just have to, you just have to show up to work every day, man. You got to work. It's, it's nonstop. And if you're not prepared to do that, then you're not going to make it. 
and can't can't put it better myself, man. Man's giving y'all free advice right now, so I hope y'all taking it. Uh, so yeah, man, let's transition over to some sports. Um, but I guess before we, we we talk about the NBA playoffs or whatever, um, me and you have had these these little back and forths on certain topics. And, uh, and and this one gentleman was in the news recently, so I figured what a perfect time to actually have Ken on and talk about this man, uh, Mr. Robert Griffin III. Uh, obviously, everybody, everybody oh, who. Man. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> so everybody that's following sports obviously knows that this man is just uh, signed with the Ravens. Uh, I think it's a one year deal uh, to be uh, Joe Flacco's backup um, in Baltimore. And um, while I was on the show a couple weeks ago, on your show a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I just kind of, I didn't think I made a disparaging comment. I just, I kind of just kept it real about Robert Griffin. It's like the dude is is washed up. He's not, shouldn't be in the league anymore. Or at least he's shown me that he shouldn't be in the league. And then, of course, Ken trying to defend his his fellow brother uh, went to bat for him. We didn't continue the conversation, but I, I'm, I'm I brought you on the show to continue that conversation. So, pr- talk to me and everybody else who is a non-believer on Robert Griffin and feels like this man has basically exhausted all opportunities. Why should we still have faith in Robert Griffin, the third? Well, I think you have to look. You have to look at some of the things that that he's saying saying right now. Um, you know, when he was on first take, he sounded like a different guy. And when you have everything taken away from you, um, just like that, when you thought the world was yours, you know, it'll humble you real quick, and that's what the world does. And you know, for him. You know, he, he's just saying the right things. He's talking about, and, and, you know, sometimes I take these comments with a grain of salt, depending on who they are, because you're, you're, you're trained, you're taught to say these things. But with him, it's a little bit different when, you know, he's accepted his role and, you know, he says he, he wants to learn and, and he's there to help and do what he, he's there to do and compete and try to get better every single day. And, and, um, and so those are some of the things that when I look at him now, I see that's a little bit different than what he's said in the past. So he's focused clearly on moving forward. Robert Griffin III knows that right now is his last shot to play football and that nothing is guaranteed. And for him, he's trying to rebuild his, his character, rebuild his image, rebuild what think pe- what people think about him as a, a, a person, number one, and, a, and as a player. We, are, we know the guy has talent. It was evident when he played his first and second year. But was everything that all of the outside stuff that came with it is what took him down. So for me, I'm excited that he's back in the league that he has a chance to, to get out there and, and do the right things and, and repair his image. And also, you know, I, and I'll be honest, man, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll make people think differently about black quarterbacks and about guys like him because what went down with him, you know, was, wasn't a good look for, for us, you know, us being African Americans, um, especially when, when you're an African-American quarterback, 
you're already looked upon a little differently than others. So see Lamar Jackson. So for me, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lamar Jackson is, is another one. So, um, and hopefully he learned from Robert Griffin III, but, um, but yeah, man, I think he's accepted this role and he's ready to get back in, in the NFL and, and play and live his dream. So that's it, man. I'm just looking at the man's action and his words. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, to be fair, I, I never, obviously I never questioned his talent. I mean, uh, I saw him at Baylor and I was just like, man, this dude has a chance to be a superstar. Like I, I like I, I said it when I saw him in Baylor. I was like, yo, this dude has a chance to be 10 times better than Michael Vick. And so he has the talent. And I and I never really bought into the I mean, not that I didn't buy into it, the whole character concerns or the issues. I mean, I don't think he ever had really like major character issues. Um in the sense, I mean, you, like he never was really like in trouble or anything like that. Never had any like really bad off the field baggage type type situations. I just, my issue with Robert Griffin was the health and was he able to kind of change his game and be a, a more prototypical, you know, NFL type quarterback. You know, obviously we know, we all know his first year was one of the greatest rookie seasons any quarterback has ever had. I mean, the, the dude was just phenomenal, but you had to kind of know if you, if you watched football enough, you had to know that that style of play was, was just not going to continue, especially because people forget people have revisionist history that Shanahan basically threw the playbook out the window and basically just ran the, the Art Browse offense of Baylor. He ran it in the NFL his first rookie year. Like basically he was like, yeah, we're going to throw the playbook out of the window and we're just going to make this guy comfortable and just run an offense that suits his skills. And. He was successful at it. They won the division. They were, he was the biggest, one of the biggest stories that year, obviously. And then the knee injuries came. And I thought the first year he kind of, maybe it was him. Maybe it was the organization. Maybe it was a combination of both, but I, I think they rushed him back. Um, I, I never, I, I, I'll say this again. I never thought he should have played in that playoff game. Um, no. And so that was so that's been my biggest issue with Robert Griffin the third, obviously, is the health concerns. I just and and his style of play. I I just kind of felt like, is he gonna make the necessary adjustments to change the way he plays? And then obviously you hear about all the issues going on off the off the field. As far as in the locker room, some players didn't like the fact that, you know, he was too buddy buddy with Dan Snyder. Um obviously Gruden and him for some reason never got along. So, so obviously that adds to your kind of perception of the guy. So that was just my biggest thing. That was the biggest point I was trying to make is that what is RG3? Like, we don't know what this guy is because he's still, he's still an open ended question, really. I mean, we know the talent is there and we know the little bit of flashes of, of brilliance that we've seen, but is he the same guy that we saw in 2011 that just lit up the league or? You know, what is he? And that was just my biggest question. So do you feel like he can get back? Maybe not get back, but do you feel like he can be a solid, serviceable NFL quarterback? I do. I do. If you look at some of the quarterbacks that are that are out now that are backups um, and some are starters, I, I would like to believe that RG3 is, is better than them. Um, you know, we never got a chance to see – what RG3 truly could be in the NFL because Gruden ran that man out of town. And 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 this may be one of the saddest stories in NFL history because, <laughs> you know, his recklessness on the field, which I, I just, I, I never understand why 
they just don't get down. Um, but it, it just never makes sense to me, like sliding. Like Russell Wilson, you know, he, he, he does it the correct way. Um, so... But I think it's an ego thing, man. I think it's an ego thing. I think it's, I think it's just something that's been ingrained with them since they were in Pop Warner. I mean, they, they've they've had a style of play for so long that you know it's like it, it's almost like the smart thing says you know change this, change the way, change your approach, change the way you're playing, you know, adjust. But it's almost an ego thing, like nah, you know, what I mean, I'm gonna try to be, I'm gonna try to always make the play. You know, it's 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 like it's like with Brett Favre and his kind of recklessness with the football, like that gunslinger mentality. It's like even when the smart play is to maybe throw it away or 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 to take a sack, it's that it's that it's that will, it's that want to want to make a play that sometimes is the wrong play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that's coachable. And but yeah, I mean, you know, if, if that's in you, it's hard to turn that off. But, you know, I, I think we're talking about a guy that for his first, let's say, two years, he completed at least 60% of his passes. And and the injury is, I, I'm totally with you. I hate he came back with that knee because it totally derailed everything that was um, with him. And he never was the same. But we saw what he could have been. And once Gruden got a taste of Cousins, and it, it was a wrap. So for me, I think RG3 is still skillful enough and talented enough to at least be a backup. You can at least be a backup yeah. and be serviceable. Now, what RG3 has to do is he has to study the playbook and be prepared to be ready to go. Like he has to dedicate himself fully to to this craft and what he's doing because this is it for him. He's done, and if he messed this up, then I hope he has enough endorsements to to get him by, or I hope he took care of his money. Yeah, but I just think that um, the reason why I, I I followed this mainly because I thought what Washington did, what Gruden did was highly, highly un- unfair to Robert Griffin III, and he turned that media against him. I think he has something to do with that locker room. RG3 did a lot to contribute to that, you know, after his rookie season, and probably his dad had a lot to do with that too. But some of the things that Gruden was criticizing uh, or criticized RG3 for, Kirk Cousins got a pass. And... I understand if that's the guy you want on the field, then you're going to do what you need to do to get him on the field. But he's completely, I think, and and really believe this, that he sabotaged RG3's um, career and 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 damn near ruined his reputation in the league. And the evidence of this is he started to do the same thing with Kirk Cousins. Hmm. When Kirk Cousins started to, when, when Kirk Cousins wasn't winning games or, or making Boeing a place, he started throwing Kirk Cousins under the bus. That was one time where, and this was when Kirk Cousins started out early, and uh, he didn't know if he could win with them or not. There was some, uh, Jake Rudin tried to blame it on the win. Jake yeah, Rudin I remember that. Win I remember Kirk that. C- yes. Yeah. And, and I was just, I was just flabbergasted. I'm like, are you serious? And, and all I could say to myself was, if that was RG3, there was no way you would, would, would have blamed it on the win. 
So those were the the differences that I seen in the way he looked at one or the way he treated one versus the other. But when Kirk Cousins started to fall apart and be who he has always been, oh, he started to throw Kirk Cousins under the bus. And, and, and nobody was safe. So that's why I had to be careful to not put all my ire at Kirk Cousins because he was a piece in all of this. It was really with Jay Gruden and what Jay Gruden wanted. And and he was the one that basically ruined this man's career. I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, I'm no huge fan of Gruden. Uh, I I can't stand either one of them. I think they're both highly overrated. I mean, the fact that John Gruden got a $100 million contract from the Raiders is just mind-boggling to me. Did we forget John Gruden's last three years in Tampa? I mean, did did, did you know, I know he went to Monday Night Football, did, a, I guess, a pretty decent job in the booth. I never really cared for him. But, um, like... This revisionist history we have on the Gruden name and family, like these, and and that, and the idea that there's some kind of quarterback gurus, like really, like right. what? Have y'all been watching football the last decade, fifteen years? Like what? What quarterbacks? Are, all right, he, I guess he saved Rich Gannon's career. That, that's the one guy that I can give you that. And Brad Johnson, I guess, became a better player under Gruden. But outside of that. What have they really done? They, they've they never really drafted a quarterback. And remember, Kirk Cousins and RG3 were both draft picks from Shanahan. They weren't Gruden mm-hmm. that picked these guys. So I'm, I'm with you on Gruden. I, I have no love for Gruden. I, and also, I think the one defense with, with RG3, too, is the organization is in a constant state of dysfunction. Dan Snyder's a joke. We all know that. He's one of the worst owners in sports. Um, their GM situation isn't exactly appealing as well. Um, so I, yeah, I agree with you. And again, I, I we had a, I, I didn't want to get into it too much on the show because I, I think we were even talking, we weren't even talking about football particularly. I just had to make, I made like a flipping comment on RG3. And I, I've, I've been a fan of RG3. I just, I just have my, my question marks about whether or not physically he can endure the grind of the NFL. Now, I, I think everybody's rooting for him. I think hopefully, from the interviews and everything that he said, you know, kind of the the PR campaign that he's putting out there. Um, hopefully he's been able to, you know, see the light or see the error of his ways, whatever things he did or contributed to his to his down his downturn. And hopefully he saved his career because I, I agree with you. Uh, he's, he could definitely be a backup in the league. I mean, if Brandon Whedon still has a job in the league, <laughs> Robert, Robert Griffin should at least have a job in the league uh, for sure. Right. And. And I also wonder, man, like, it, there was no reason, or, well, I thought he was hurt, but um, there really wasn't any reason for him not to be in the league. And I, I, I'm careful when I see stuff like this because I, I tend to wonder why. Why would you bring a guy like like him back that that basically has a, a, a bad name? You know, if we're we're real about it, um, he hasn't done much to to clean it up. So if you're talking about health, which is your issue with him, hey, I'm valid because whenever when he when he hurt his shoulder, I'm like, oh man, are you serious? What are you doing? Yeah. And 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 that frustrates me because he's he's impeding his progress. Um, but from when I see them sign RG three, and I, I, I help, I can't help but wonder if that has something to do with. With Colin Kaepernick um, not being in the league um, in some some kind of way, because um, he would come up on occasion um, when when they would discuss 
you know, Colin Kaepernick. But mm. you know, that's something entirely different. This is just me being my putting my uh my my my, my forehead on and, <laughs> and uh, looking at a conspiracy theory. But you know, I, hey, this show is this part of this show is is based on conspiracy theories. So go ahead, man, preach. Yeah, yeah, I I, I got plenty. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I just yeah, I just thought it was odd. You you and, and let's 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 connect some dots. We're talking about the Ravens. We're talking about the same Raven organization that allegedly, or according to them, and I, I don't believe what they're saying. I don't believe Ray Lewis, um, and I don't believe what people told Stephen A. Smith. I believe Stephen A. Smith believes what he was told, but I don't think the Ravens were, were going to sign uh, Colin Kaepernick. I think they said that after what happened with Colin Kaepernick happened, and and that's part of the their propaganda machine to keep him out of the league or put the blame back on him. So you're looking at that organization um, stating that they were going to sign him, putting that news out there and, and not signing him. And then all of a sudden they just up and sign RG3. I don't think that's just uh, a, a coincidence. Um, out of all the people in the league, you, you go get him. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that's why I, I looked at the, the signing uh, you know, I had a side eye. It just, it, it's just, well, seemed I, it just popped out of nowhere. Well, the one thing, uh, I, I agree with you somewhat. I, I, the only thing I would disagree with, I, I, I'm not going to say I bought all of it. I, I did think that there was a discussion. I, I do believe that there was some thought in that building of signing Kaepernick. I really do. Now, how much of, you know, you want to put a percentage? I, I, I don't know, but I do think there was a discussion. I think there was kind of a, you know, dipping our toes in the water and taking the temperature of the water, temperature, temperature of the room, whatever you want to, whatever analogy you want to use. Um, so I, I don't think it's, I don't call bullshit. I don't call BS in their interest in Kaepernick, but I think I, the problem that I have with the Ravens is if you're going to sign the guy, sign him. Don't put it out there that you're thinking about signing him to kind of get a temperature of what your fan base might think or will, won't think or whatever. And, and, and the thing that really bothered me, and I've talked about it on the show is that the Ravens now are going to play a morality card. The Ravens now, the, the, the Ravens, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you could you could say that about any, I mean, all 32 NFL teams. I, I get this. But the Ravens, I mean, how many are, I mean, I, I think I said it on the show a few months back when this was like really in the news. You know, the Ravens, like since 2000, I think it was like 2003, have had like 14 arrests. And I'm probably I'm probably off on the number, but I read it somewhere. And I know I had the, the exact stat on the show a few months back. But, you know, the Ravens had like like 10 plus arrests since you know, 2003, some crazy stat like that. And I'm like, this is the organization now that's going to take a morality play on Colin Kaepernick. And I was, and, and I don't want to touch too much on Colin Kaepernick because I was going to get to that, um, a little bit down the ways because obviously he's in the news again with the whole Seahawks thing. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, so I, I, I agree with you in a sense, but I, I do, I do think that there was a discussion to sign him. And, but I think they were, I, now, whether they really were going to sign him, I, I, you know, you could leave it up to your own debate, your, your own mind and think they were going to do it or not. I think there was a discussion. No, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of, that, there may have been a discussion, uh, somewhat. And, and I think if you put a percentage on it, then that's where you kind of see, you know, mm-hmm. where, where each of us lie. But for me, you know, I just think that they just said they were, because um, I think that was the news. They was like, "Yeah, they were going to sign him until his girlfriend did what she did," and and to me, it just it's a perfect out. Yeah, it's basically saying, "Hey, yeah. we were going to sign him." 
but look at what she did, you know. Right, right. And now because if she did that, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to bring him into the organization. I'm like, come on, man, y'all. You guys may have discussed it, but don't say that you were going to do it. Exactly. That, that's where yeah. I felt that they were manipulating the media or using the media uh, to their advantage. Absolutely, I agree. So. And, and I lost total respect for that organization with the whole Ray Rice situation because I, I felt like when it was. You know, because people forget they didn't cut Ray Rice immediately. They they brought him back with open arms. I mean, they basically threw this man a fucking parade when he came back off that two game suspension. Mm-hmm. Then the video came out, and then of course the PR spin and blah 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 and this that and the other. And I just I don't know. They just, it just it, the whole thing just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And yeah, so and then of course Ray uh, Ray Lewis and uh, I, I've I'm not even gonna kill Ray Lewis anymore because it's it's it's. <laughs> it's it's gotten to a point where it's just comical now. I mean, I've 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 flamed him on this show so many times. His comments this week about Odell, it's just like, come on, dude, are you lost? Whatever. Anyway, not to get too off track, but yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I I think I think we're in the same space as far as Robert Griffin. I I, I just I don't know. I I think I threw that comment out there to be kind of you know just kind of throw random shade, but I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think I think he deserves an opportunity. Um. I think he's, you know, I think he deserves to be in this league if he's healthy. And that, and that's my biggest question mark with him is he's healthy. Um, the one guy we're definitely not going to agree with is Jameis, is Jameis Winston. Um, you, you, you was, you was, you was caping for Jameis. And I was like, uh, I know we're not going to dis, I know we're not going to agree. And one of my boys who co-hosts with me on the show all the time is a huge Tampa fan. And I'm slowly but surely starting to, to bring him over to the dark side with me. And and here's and I want to tell you my side of the whole Jameis thing before you you give me your rebuttal. All right. So my issue with Jameis Winston is 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 similar to RG3. It's not the talent. Although I don't think he's as talented as other people make him out to be. I, I have some question marks about it. is he a top-notch NFL quarterback? I think his decision making still leaves a lot to be desired. But there's no questioning that he's got talent. Absolutely. No one will deny it. Anybody who watched him at Florida State, his first, what, two or three years in the league now, everybody sees the flashes of brilliance that he has. My problem with him is completely off the field. I think he's got terrible people around him. I don't know if it's family. I don't know if it's friends, handlers, whatever, a combination. I think this kid just makes stupid, dumb decisions. I think he's immature. I think he's, I think he's ignorant. I think he's just, he's going about it the wrong way. And what I told my, and what I've told people on this show is it's one thing when your wide receiver acts like an ass or when your running back acts like an ass or your defensive end acts like an ass. But when your quarterback, the leader of your franchise, the face of your franchise, the guy that eventually you're going to have to dole out 25, 26, 27 million dollars to keep, that's the guy that you have question marks about character wise. That's a bad look. That is a bad look. So that is my issue with, with, with Jameis Winston. And he's his first year, he did okay. His second year, this year is where you really saw, I thought, the real kind of the, the the issues. I mean, everything from the you know, the the taunting the Saints, um, to throwing the football in the pra- you know, during practice, throwing the football at the media, um, all the issues he had in that locker room, the stuff with Dirk Cutter. I mean, I'm just <laughs> I don't know, man. If I am a Jameis Winston fan, if I'm a Bucks fan, I am very concerned about this guy. So you prove me wrong. Prove, say I'm I'm wrong. I'm off base by that. I'm not concerned about Jameis Winston. Again, I think 
you know, he, he, he does some things um, that are questionable based on the standards of what people have for the quarterback position standards set forth by uh, white media. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Jameis has been maligned since college. And they have tried to tear this man down. Much of it has been his own doing, Ken. Come on now. I'm gonna give you RG three. I'm not gonna give you Jameis Winston. Don't don't. You want me to? You want me? I'll I'll go with you on RG three. Jameis Winston. A lot of it has been self inflicted. Can you not agree with that? It's character issues. There there have been issues. Um, But I see this. They did the same thing to Cam Newton. Um, I see this type of thing happen to the to the brothers, man. And and Jameis, and the thing that frustrated me about him was that he was giving them ammo. And, and that's and, my thing. And, yeah, that's you know, my. People. That's yeah, my. Nah, yeah, people. people's No, go ahead. My bad. Yeah, I, no, yeah. People don't don't tend to let it go, and and they hold it hold it against them, right? Okay, so now let's talk about the play on the field, and this is kind of where. I, I had problems with a lot of what the media was doing. Like his first year, we already know what happened. The man was 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 a monster. Uh, won a national championship, the whole nine. Then his second year, um, oh yeah, the Heisman too. Let's not forget that. I don't want to shortchange the man. Um, second year, you know, he he struggled. Um, turnovers here, turnovers there. He had, a, I think, that roster turned over, so he had new guys he was he was playing with. The offensive um, line wasn't as so good. Have, yeah, so there were there. You could, you like you said, you had a year of talent, you had a year of evidence to show what the man could do with the right system and the right personnel in place. But for whatever reason, that second year, all of a sudden, Jameis couldn't play, and they started to just rip the man apart. His his play on the field. Um, and, and, and what bothered me was that he started doing this, the extracurricular stuff that added to that. And, and so they already didn't want the man to go number one. And then all of a sudden he was doing this other stuff that just started to come out. So I saw them do the same thing with Cam. They started to leak stuff about Cam when they didn't want him to be the number one guy. And they, and, and so with Winston, they started pushing Mariota. Now, if you look at what happened with Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold followed a similar path where his first year was was great. He was, you know, well, I won't say great, but it was good. And people were looking forward to him coming back this year and, and going going to another level. But he turned the ball over and over again. And all you heard were apologists trying to explain the reasons why he didn't do it. They did not. Now, there were some people that pointed it out, but they did not rip him the same way they ripped Jameis Winston. I I mean, it was, we, we, we covered it on Dead End Sports. I, I remember this. And me and Kyle actually got into a big argument about it um, at the time. Um, he, he's a kid. Sometimes I think um, we hold kids to adult standards. We know I agree. we want them yeah. to be adult. We know that at some point they got to grow up and mature because they're going into a locker room to lead men. But Jameis is from Bessemer, Alabama. I know exactly where that's at. Jameis is from a small country city or town or whatever you want to call it. It's not big at all. And, <laughs> I 
mean, I, I, I hate to say, I just understand some of the some of the things that that goes on with him because you know he's not big city life. Right. So it's taking him a while to learn some lessons, and and yeah, he he, he does stuff here and there, and I get it. And to be fair, people are somewhat jumping all over Baker Baker Mayfield unfairly for a lot of the things that he did. And um and so I'm I'm starting to see a, a similar a path like when they just don't like a guy they just don't like a guy. Well, look at Josh Rosen. I, I talked about this on the show last week. I mean, look oh, at Josh Rosen. They killing Josh Rosen too. Yeah. Oh, they killing him. And and all he did was say one thing about um players being being paid, right? Yeah. And then also the yeah. now the new criticism is he's too rich. Like, oh, can rich guys really come into a I've I've never I I guess they must have forgot. I guess Peyton Manning grew up in Baltimore or something. Like I I, I guess <laughs> I guess, you know, Andrew Luck is from Compton or something. Like rich rich kids can't play quarterback in the NFL apparently. I I I this is news to me, I guess, but whatever. Yeah, so um, but yeah, I mean, I think with, with Jameis, man, like, like you already said, we, we know the guy's extremely talented. Um, but he, he's been misaligned since his second year in Florida State. And I'm hoping and praying that, that he'll just stay out of, stay out of anything that could be trouble. Now, Ken, be, and, to and, be and, fair, to be fair, the rape allegations did a lot to contribute to that too, though. You gotta be fair. Especially when we found out she was white. Yeah. Now, I, I I don't I don't make light of the accusations at all. But you know what? I'm I'm not even say it. No, go ahead. This is the technical. This is the technical foul podcast. This is we keep it real here. There's no there's no censorship. You just say what's on your mind, brother. Go ahead. I don't want anybody pulling this tape. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um. I, I I don't condone rape of, of any sort, and and if proven true, um, James deserves to go to jail. He deserves to whatever penalty he got. Um, uh, but the man was headed to the NFL. The man was in at, at Florida State. The man was a star on campus, and you know. Let's just be real, man. Women throw themselves at athletes. They just do. And, you know, if this turned into a situation where, you know, she did that and things didn't go her way, then, you know, maybe she felt some kind of way about that and, 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 you know, accused him of, of that stuff. Um, you know, and I was really looking forward to seeing how that played out. But sometimes the accusations, are bad enough. That's all you need sometimes. Yep. And people are never <clears throat> let it go. And that's going to follow him uh, everywhere. We talking the the crab thing. That's going to follow him from everywhere. The crabs thing. I'm still in the crab legs. That's that Bessemer Alabama thing that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. That's the college kid thing that I'm talking about. So Jameis hasn't been groomed to be a, a quarterback. Now he's a great leader. Everybody knows he's a great leader. People love him. People people you know. Are, are are drawn by him. He's charismatic. Um, but he just doesn't do it the way that the NFL wants it right. done. And, you know, the, the CEO of of the franchise. But the guy goes out, man, and 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 he he's dedicated. He's extremely intelligent when it comes to the game. 
and and he's extremely talented. We all we all know that. And I'm with you. I hope he does clean up th- this stuff, like the Uber thing that came out. It's like, oh, come on, man. Like, is this for real? Yeah. Did this really happen? So, so I'm waiting to hear if that happened. Right. You know, but since his career started, he's he's a target. He's a target. And, and he has to recognize that and try to figure out a way to stay out of this stuff. But that's something he's going to have to do. As far as the Dirk Cutter thing, I have an issue. First of all, I have an issue with, with, with that whole situation with Tampa anyway from firing uh, Lovey Smith. They never should have fired that man. That was unfair to I fire agree. that man. I agree. Was, you know, sometimes what a, a guy like Jameis Winston needs is, is another black man uh, guiding him because he's able to sit him down and keep it all the way real with him and talk to him on a level that Cutter can't because Lovey Smith understands that with Jameis, and this is where I think I, I'll align with you, that what Jameis is doing is bigger than just him. It's other black kids that are coming um, behind him and, you know, everyone else, right? So you have RG3 who was demonized. You have... Jameis Winston, who's been demonized. Uh, Michael Vick, we know what happened with him, right? Um, right. What happened to Big Ben? Big Ben, we already know what happened with Big Ben. I think it happened twice. Does it ever come up? No. We we, we forgot it existed. What happened with uh with, with Brett Favre with with the phone? Tape sending dick uh, pics. He was on the Jets when he did that. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I know. Does, does it ever come up? You no. see how it disappeared? So that's why we like... I, I, I don't disagree with some of the things you're saying because these are actions and activities that Jameis has done. But for me, I, I I need to try and support these brothers as much as I can until they get to a point where I can't anymore. Because, you know, the media is going to do their part. And when white quarterbacks have similar issues that are just as bad or worse, it's washed over. And, and, and that's what just just bothers me. But the fact of the matter is, the guy can play. But because of the character issues that has happened, anytime he makes a bad play, he's he's just he's he's destroyed. So um, so I think that Cutter is just they they I just don't like Cutter, man, because I don't think he earned that job. They they kept him. Cutter is like um, what's the Giants quarterback? Thing? Oh, uh, McAdoo. McAdoo. Same thing like McAdoo. I didn't think Coughlin should have been fired. So I think Cutter is is paying for an unjust decision that was done to Lovey Smith because you remember they were winning. They started winning. Yeah. With under Lovey Smith, and they were a game or two from the you know making the playoffs, and they decided to make a change. And maybe some of the stuff that Jameis is doing now, he wouldn't have done under Lovey Smith. So you know, I don't know, man. That that's. I, I lo- I've loved Jameis since, you know, his freshman year. And I really, really want this guy to just stay out, out of trouble. I really do. I feel you, man. I mean, listen, I, I, again, I, I'm a little bit harder on him. And I'm harder on these guys because I, I feel like, 
you know, I understand what you're saying that these are all young kids. I was, I was 19 not too long ago. I was an idiot. So it's not like I'm sitting here on my high horse trying to preach to somebody like I've always been perfect. But I think that these guys have to understand that this is just, it's bigger than them. It's bigger than just playing football. It's bigger than just being a celebrity or like you have to be smart, man. And of course, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to cape to you and try to tell you that the, the media isn't biased, that there isn't a, 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 a racism to the media. Of course, we all know it. We all know it. We absolutely all know it. But I, I also don't think that Jameis helps himself. I, I, I just don't. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we talk about the antics and the leadership and the, you know, the preaching and the gossip and all that, all that, right? The bottom line is, if Tampa was, instead of 6-10, and 10, if Tampa was 10-6, and six, we wouldn't be talking about it. If Tampa was winning 10-11 games every year, it wouldn't be an issue. Winning cures everything. And the fact, now it's not, now it's not all Jameis Winston's fault. I'm not going to sit there and say that all of Tampa's issues are all Jameis Winston's fault because they're not. That's another organization that is consistently inept. And it starts with their ownership. The Glazers are idiots. They're they're inept. So it, it, we know it's 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 deeply rooted. But he is not helping the situation. Is my problem. He you know we all know that he's got a target on his back. But he's like he's accentuating all of the issues that make him a target by doing dumb ass shit. It's like at some point. I understand your, your, your position. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to support the brothers, just trying to support them and make sure that they have people that are still going to back them up. But eventually you just got to like, yo, come on, B. Like at some point you just got to be like, damn, Jason, Jameis, like, come on, come on. Really? I, 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 I completely disagree with you about the tennis If they were tennis or 11 and five, that they wouldn't be talking about this stuff. Jameis Winston is clickbait. Jameis Winston has a target on his back. And if they were winning, I think they would talk about it even more. I, I disagree. I disagree. I, 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 it's always going to be, it's always going to be a part of the conversation. I'm not saying that it's just completely going to be, you know, scratched from the record. I, he, Jameis is always going to be a lightning rod, positive and negative. But I think if they were winning, I think you wouldn't see as much vitriol. I think you wouldn't see as much anger. I think you wouldn't see as much criticism as you see now. I really believe that. I, I I believe at the end of the day, when you win, everything is perfect. Everything is amazing. You know what I'm saying? It, it, I'll use a baseball analogy. You know, everybody talks about clubhouses and baseball and, and chemistry and all that. You know, in my team, the Mets, when in 2015, everybody loved themselves. Everybody, oh, this clubhouse, everybody's united together, blah, blah, blah. Last year, we go 72 and 90. You hear everybody hates themselves. What's what's the common denominator? We went 72 and 90. <laughs> it's like when you're 90 and 72, everybody loves each other. When you win, everything is great. When you lose... Everything, all of a sudden, the, 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 the speeches don't have the same resonance. All of a sudden, you know, the, 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 matter of fact, I don't even have to use a baseball analogy. Cam Newton, the year they went 15 and one, everybody loved Cam Newton. I mean, yes, he got it. You know, there was some, you know, controversial moments. There were some, you know, some issues here and there. But for the most part, all you heard, for the most part, 70 30, you heard positive stories about Cam Newton. When they miss the playoffs and they go seven and nine, what happens? Cam Newton is a villain again. Bruh, what's you the just prove my point? What's the com- now you again? Prove my point. What point? What point did I prove? That Cam Newton had a great year, and and all people talked about were were dabbing. This man was criticized more for winning while he was winning than than when he was losing. Cam Cam Newton's character, everything he did, 
they did not like it at all, and he was winning. We can. But you know the white, me- but you know the white media is never gonna like that shit. You you, you know that, Ken. You've been around a long time. You know this. You- but, but but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That winning doesn't cure all when you're black and you do things the black way. They just it, for whatever reason they just don't like it because it doesn't fit within the mold of what they want the quarterback exactly what the quarterback has always been. So if Jameis was winning, I think it. You know what? It might. Now that you mentioned Cam Newton, it might be worse. Uh, again, because now everybody see you. I'm not saying that everybody's going to put on rose-colored glasses when you win. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is the criticism, the critique has less of an effect. It's like, isn't like in 2015? Yeah, he went 15 and one, and yes, there was criticism. There was the dabbing incident. It was the the Superman stuff. It, there were things here and there. But at the end of the day, you can talk as much shit. The, the guy is winning. It doesn't resonate as much. Now, when you're seven and nine, it's different. It's different. Like, remember, like, remember the year that they went to the Super Bowl. I never heard anything about dress codes and everything like that. But what happened when they went seven and nine? All of a sudden, Cam showed up with a with a cardigan instead of a suit. It became a problem. And car and even he said it's it like, well, when we were winning, I could show up wearing a t shirt and it wasn't a problem. But it's always been like that. I'm not saying that all the evils of the world are going to be cured when you're when you're winning. And and to to a certain extent. A lot of things almost get accentuated even further when you're winning. But I think for the most part, I think if, and I'm going to just keep it on Jameis Winston. I think that if Tampa was legitimate, a lot, I think a lot of the issues with Tampa last year was that I think they underachieved too. I think that was a team that a lot of people had pegged to make the playoffs. There was a lot of team, a lot of people felt that that team was going to take the next step and they didn't. They underachieved. Now, was all of that Jameis Winston? No, of course not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that everything that happened with Tampa last year was Jameis Winston, but what happens? They underachieved and your quarterback is having questionable decision making, not just on the field, but off the field. It's going to be a problem. Man, the worst thing you can do in the NFL when you're talented like Jameis Winston is, is win. And and with with his history that was highly publicized. If he started win, winning, you're going to hear everything and everybody's going to try to do everything to bring that brother down. I just, I just, I just don't, don't believe it, man. I, I just, I, I remember that season with Cam Newton and it was, it was the most baffling thing ever. The man can do anything right. And, and what people did, what winning does is you use winning to defend the actions. So what you just said was that he was 15 and one and Cam was doing all this other stuff. And when criticism came, people were like, yeah, but they're 15 and one. Or they're thirteen and because you get the ultimate because you get the ultimate last laugh. It's like what can you? I can sit here and smack. I can go down right now the street that I'm on and smack women across the face as long as I'm winning. Yeah, I might get hate and vitriol, but but I get the last laugh. But when you're not winning, when you're not producing, all of a sudden the actions become greater. Now I'm not saying that's fair. The criticism. I guess that's what I'm saying. It didn't remove the criticism at all. No, it, it just didn't. Gave us something to defend him with. True. You know, yeah, no, I, I see. I see your point. I see your point. But what I'm saying is that as Cam Newton, you could sit there and say, "Okay, well, I'm doing this, but we're winning." You have at the at the end of the day, you have the ultimate trump card. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I do this, or yeah, I do that, or yeah, I, yeah, I may do this, or yeah, I may dab, or yeah, I may Superman, or yeah, I may whatever, whatever. 
At the end of the day, what's my record? You have the ultimate trump card. And yeah, they can still criticize you. We know this. Cam Newton can wake up tomorrow and he's going to get criticized. Like, we know this. We know this. But when you win, and 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 I'm not saying I'm right. This is just my personal opinion. I feel like when you win, you have the ultimate trump card. You have the ultimate shut the fuck up. If you're white. If, if now, you're oh, okay. Now let's now, now let me. It's, it's different. Now let me play the. Now let me play devil's advocate for a second. This this also has a reverse effect too, because look at the issues that goes on with Russell Wilson and that Seattle Seahawks locker room. Everybody basically, let's put it out there. Everybody thinks Russell Wilson is an Uncle Tom, or he's a house nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he's he's corporate. You know, he smiles and 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 puts on a break. You know, whatever. I feel like this is my problem with people is like you can't have it. And I'm not saying you're doing this, but I'm just I've, I've had debates with my friends, my own friends. It's like, oh, Cam always gets this. Da, 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 but oh, he, you know, Russell Wilson, he has me. But it's like you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. That's my issue. It's like you're going to you're, you're, you're basically saying Cam gets an unfair shake, which is true. But then you can't do you can't reverse it. And give Russell Wilson hell because he goes about it a totally different way. I think Cam got an unfair shake because unlike Jameis, like if if people jump on Jameis, it's Jameis' fault because Jameis out here doing stuff that that brings it in in terms of the the allegations with the cross grabbing, which he's denied and nobody still has shown that to be true. Um, and of course, everything that, that happened before he even stepped into the NFL. Mm-hmm. So with Jameis, it's a little bit different. With Cam, he's criticized because he's dancing and because he's a showman. Right. He's doing all this other stuff because he doesn't hand the ball. There's different, le- there's different levels of criticism, yeah. Right, 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 right. So he wins in a different way than Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson is what they want you to be and how they want you to act. Cam Newton is is what they don't want you to do. Right. And so they're accomplishing the same thing. It's that one is looked at differently differently than the other because it doesn't fit, you know, their that 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 mold that I that I keep going back to of what they think a quarterback should be or how a quarterback should always be, even though they're accomplishing the same thing. And what happens when that occurs is that as soon as you fall like Cam did, oh, all of that stuff comes back. Oh, my God, the dam breaks, the levee breaks. Right, then right. It's, then it's over. With with Russell Wilson, I'm proud of the Russell Wilson because, you know, even though he is the CEO, he he's representative of other type of black people we have in our community because we're not a monolith. So there are guys out there that that are that are just like him that act like him i mean a lot of it has to do with where he grew up and how he was raised and and all this and and, and everything that comes with it it's just who he is right but he still got sierra <laughs> like yeah it's not like the brother isn't black like he's he, he married you know rg3 and i'm not holding this against him you you know but rg3 married a white woman R- russell wilson they call they say he's uncle tommy he married a black woman <laughs> right you know what i'm saying so you know, love is love. You marry who you want to marry. But if, if you look at it, it's like, well, dang, if, if, if Russ was really Uncle Tom in a sellout, wouldn't he be with some white chick and not with some some superstar? Well, he was with a white chick before he was with Sierra. But I mean, I, I know what you're saying. But I know what you're saying. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He, he, you know, 
I mean, yeah. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, but the point is that he, he did. But, um, and, you know, they call him Uncle Tom. That's just who he is, and that's how he acts. But I, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Because, see, the thing with, with Russell Wilson was they had other people on that team to be villains, right? So they can point at, at Sherman. They can point at the Bennett and everybody on that team. And I think at some point is is Russell is going to get his. But what Russell does is he does a good job of staying out of trouble. And I know that's your criticism of Jameis. Jameis, for whatever reason, doesn't stay out of trouble. Something's always, always happens with him. And I'm with you. I, I understand. I, I feel that same frustration because it annoys me because I know what's coming with it. And it's hard for me to defend it. But I'm, I'm always gonna try, man. I'm pro brother, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you, and it's a and it's a and it's a great conversation. I just I've had this conversation before, and I've always and I'm and I'm and I'm big on consistency. It's like if you want if you're criticizing the media because how they treat Cam Newton, because let's let's put it that way, he's a nigga. But then we as a community, me minorities, whatever, we criticize the other aspect of things. Russell Wilson because he does it quote unquote the right way. Like, why can't we just have both exist in the same space? Like Cam does it his way. That's perfect. Great. Awesome. Do you? And Cam does it his way. And I'm not saying that either one is bad. And I've never really, I've, I've never really criticized uh, Cam. I feel like some of the things were valid criticism. Other things were stupid. Like the dabbing thing. Like it was dumb. Like honestly, like who cares? I, I don't think it's no worse than what Tom Brady does. I really don't. But I feel like Tom Brady gets a pass. Yes, I feel like Tom Brady gets a pass, and and maybe this is the maybe maybe this is the anti-patriot bias in me because I I can't fucking stand the Patriots. But I, I, we all know that Tom Brady gets a pass. Tom Brady curses out coaches. Tom Brady curses out you know officials. He spikes the ball. He headbutts people. You know all these other things. But Tom Brady gets a pass. Why? Number one, obviously we know skin color. Like let's put it out there. Let's be real about it. Skin color. But what's the other reason he gets a pass? Because he's got five Super Bowls and he's got the ultimate trump card. Now, if Tom Brady was still white, he probably would get a pass a little bit. Yeah, he would. But if Tom Brady, instead of five Super Bowls, Tom Brady only had one or zero, I guarantee you. Now, it wouldn't be to the level of Cam Newton. Obviously, I'm not stupid, but he would get some criticism. He would. Do you think if Tom Brady was black? Same. Oh, he'd be eviscerated. Oh, he'd, he'd be criticized. He'd be criticized. He'd be criticized. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We've discussed it on the show. If Tom Brady was black, he would get eviscerated by the media. Maybe not to the level. Everything stayed the same. Everything stays the same. I think, I think it would, I think it would be, I, I don't think it would be as crazy as Cam because after a certain point, it's like the man does have five championships. So I think that he would get a little bit more of a, it's hard. I mean, it's okay. So let's, if you put, if you were to put numbers on it, if Cam gets 90%, let's say, I think if, if Brady was black, I think he'd get 70. I think there'd be a 20, 20% differential, maybe, maybe 60% because he's got the championships. I just, I just feel like at the end of the day, when you win, you get a bigger, you get a wider, rope to hang yourself like when you win 
I think you 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 have like I've, I've said it again and to repeat myself, you have the ultimate trump card. It's like people can criticize you, but you win. It's like people hate how Belichick carries himself. You know what I'm saying? Like people hate the fact that he's he's surly with the media. He's this, he's that, and 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 media people legitimately hate Belichick. Like they hate the fact that he does that. But why they can't touch him? Because the man's a fucking genius. The man wins. It's like at a certain point, it's like, yeah, we don't like it. But you can get, but but see, the difference is when you're a Mike McCoy. Mike McCoy did try to pull the same stunt when he was in San Diego, and and the media wasn't having it. It's like, bro, well, hold on, you ain't Belichick. You ain't got five championships, two as a coordinator, like. Nah, you're not going to play that Belichick game here. When you win, you can do that. And we can't say anything. We can write about it. We can, we can, you know, we can go on our little vlogs and rant about it. But at the end of the day, we can't touch you because you've won. That's the difference. Yeah. I, I think the thing with, with, with Jameis is this. Um, we don't need to, we, we just need to, we want the brother to do better. Absolutely. At, at, at the end of the day, we just Absolutely. want the brother to do brother. But it's not like you just flat out just 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 hate the man and despise the man. No, I I, I listen. I don't hate Jameis Winston. You, tu- you turned your own co-host against him. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to see because my co my co-host was like, yeah, but he was like you, like, oh yeah, Jameis is Jameis, like Jameis is Jameis, like, I, but yeah, but I, but I, but I've even I've my only point. I don't dislike Jameis Winston. I really don't. I don't like Florida State. So I guess that's it could be perceived that I I dislike Jameis Winston. Like I don't like him because I just I don't like Florida State. But I'm I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that he's not talented. Like I'm rooting for the guy just from a fan of football. Like I want him see I want to see him do good. I want to see a black quarterback at that high level. Of course I do. But at the same time, like it's hard. You gotta call a spade a spade, Ken. Like I can't sit here and cape for the man when the man does dumb shit. Like like at some point you have to sit here and say like, yo, okay, like damn, like you know what I'm saying? Like even if he was, and, and I know and I know it's easy to do it when he's because he's not a I'm not a fan of his team, so it's easy for me to criticize him. And even if he was a I'd probably be a little bit more accepting of it if he was a quarterback on the Jets as opposed to me not having a rooting interest. I get that. But even if he was on the Jets, I'd probably give him a little bit more leeway. But even at a certain point, I'd be like, damn, dude. Like, come on. So we're mad at Jameis because uh, he went after an official, right? Is that is that one of the things that, that we don't like about him? Um, no. I, I think... I think the, the the thing that bothered me was throwing the footballs at the media. Like, that was like, like, come on, man. Like, you're not. And the thing is, you're not going to win that battle. Like, you're not going to win it. You're just not. No matter, no, even if you have plausible deniability, quote unquote, that you didn't see the media there or that you didn't. I don't know. I don't know. Were you up on that story? Nah, it was rep- so so it was reported so I don't so it was reported that it, during a practice session last year that he threw a football at in the direction of the media. Now obviously they have plausible deniability that oh a throw got away, but there were several witnesses that said that he intentionally threw the football. Now again, do we know for sure? I wasn't there. You weren't there. I don't know. But it's it's just it's something that just is not a, like. Let's say it was true. It's oh, not a good. Come on, I just watched the video. Are you serious? Okay. Why would he? Okay, so why would he do this? That's what I want to know. I don't know why he would do that. Why would he do the thing with the Uber driver? 
Well, that hasn't been proved. He, he's still it has. It has. It has. You're right. It hasn't been proven. Just like the rape stuff hasn't been proven. And I don't. And I don't. When it when it comes to criminal stuff, like I don't try to. Because I wasn't there. Like, I, I try to give guys, but I, I don't, I may have my own opinions or whatever, my own beliefs, but at the end of the day, like, I wasn't there. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't get into the legal stuff. You know what I'm saying? But just the little, yeah. the, the little things, it's like, dog, like, why? Why? Why do you do these things? Like, why? You have no reason to do these things. Like, I just, my problem is like, does, is anybody in your camp like sit you down and just say, yo, Jameis, just play football, B. Just play football. When you play football and you be as good as you can be, they can't touch you. I mean, they'll touch you. They'll try. But they can't touch you. If you go out there and you play. That's what I want. Yeah, I, I want him to go out and just ball out and just shut up everybody. That's, that's what and I, and I, and I, and I, I want it so bad. That's what I'm saying. I, I I'm not. What I, I gotta I, say, man. Go ahead. I know what you're gonna say. Go oh, ahead. Let me see. Let me see. No, nah, I want to see. I'm looking at Dirk Cutter's reaction. Let me see. I don't know, man. I, I I think this is where this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. I don't know if he he threw this. Fu- and to be and fair, and to be, and and to be fair, I like I said, I wasn't there, so I don't know. I'm. I, I listen to some media folks that I I've always listened to, and I tend to believe that they're on the up and up. To them, it was a little iffy. Just put it that way. Jameis's history is why this became what it became because of so they're always looking for stuff. And here we go with football. That I'm looking at this, and this just nothing about this makes sense to me. And I, I understand the lead in it talking about. You know, he threw it because people were criticizing or thinking that or talking about his shoulder. I, I I get the reasons why they may think that. But what I'm saying is that because of his past history, something like this that could very well be unintentional becomes intentional because it's Jameis Winston. And because and he has and because he has a pa- and because he has a past. Right. Fair on fair, yeah. as a fact, yeah, and it's like it's like okay, so if if Jameis Winston was your son, right? If Jameis, how would you advise Jameis Winston? How what would you tell him? Take take the fan. If he was your son, if he was your young man that you raised for for how old is Jameis? What 23, 24, 24 years of his life? Like, what would you tell him? I think for me, when I, when I, I mean, you know, uh, you just got to keep your nose clean. And I think this goes with, like, even, they play football, they play sports. Mm-hmm. Even if, even if they worked in a corporate office, there's just certain things you just, you just can't do. Um, even if you went to a church, let's say a black church, let, let's, you know, let's not, because um, I know we we kind of been saying black and white, so let's let's just say a black church where we among our people. Mm-hmm. There's just certain things you can't do. There's a certain way that you have to act. There's a code of conduct. Because the adults, right, right, yeah. So that's what I would tell him. Like you're 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 super talented. You're extremely gifted. Continue to play with this, the passion. You know, eat your fingers if you want to. I don't care about the pregame speech because that's who he is. Yeah, I, that stuff is that's min that's minimum. So I don't care about that. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, but people seem to. But 
But again, because it's Jameis, right? Right. So, but yeah, I, I just going back to just, you know, there's a certain way you have to carry yourself all the time as a man, as a black man, and eventually as a father. Exactly. Because you have a family that you're representing first and foremost. You don't have to, we don't have to talk about the black people. We don't have to talk about the white people because I think when you start doing that, you get into respectability politics and, right. you know, why does a black person have to act a certain way? And, you know, and, and that's a whole other conversation. But at the end of the day, just start with your family and the legacy you want to leave behind and how you want people to think of you when they talk about you 10, 15 years down the line and when your career is over. And, and, and that's what I would tell them. That's what I would tell them. You know, try to control your, your, your temper and, and, you know, man, just go home. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. 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 And, and it's the same thing like with cats that get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? You know, get DUIs or, you know, get in fights and beat up people. It's like, yo, you are an NFL player. You are a target because you are famous. Not And then add on the fact that you're black and you're, you probably got thousands of dollars of jewelry and you're driving some expensive car. Like you are a target, fair or unfair. You are a target. Be smart. Like if you... Like, for instance, like if you're an Odell Beckham, and I'm not saying he did this, like, why would you go to the club and get into a fight? Like, why? Like, stay home. Stay home. Mm-hmm. You, you're famous enough where you, you have, I'm assuming you have a mansion. Stay home. You can have people come to your house. Why go out to the club and, 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 and or even open that Pandora's box? That's what I'm saying. And, and I know it's not a, a fair comparison, but that's what I'm saying. Like when you just, why put yourself in these situations? And, and we got to move on from the Jameis because we're never going to dis. Uh, and I, I, I think, I think we're on the same route. I just think that me and you are going about it different ways. Like I, I'm not. Again, I think the guy is uber talented, and that and that's that's the shame of this. Because if he was a bum, I would just say like, well, he's just bum. But he's talented. Everybody knows he's talented. I mean that game, that Monday Night Football game this past year. You know when they were celebrating the Bucks two thousand two championship when he was against the Saints. That performance against the Saints that on that Monday night. I mean that that was like yo, that is the game right there. That if you were questioning Jameis Winston on the field, you'd have to shut the hell up because he played great in the game against a very good team and a very good defense. So we all still people have found a way. Well, you know, you know, and, and you know what, Ken? Like you're just never gonna win that battle. You're just not. But how you win it or how you suppress that is by not giving them the ammunition. And that is my basic point. That's my basic premise. Stop giving these white folks the ammunition. Even No matter how small in nature it may be, stop giving them the ammunition. And Jameis Winston, fair or unfair, he, a lot of it he brings on himself. That's all I'm saying. That's all. <laughs> But let's move on. Let's talk about some basketball. Um, NBA playoffs start this weekend, obviously. Um, I think the NBA had a really good regular season this year. I mean, I think they had a really a bounce-back regular season because, you know, I, I've, I've said it on this show. I think I said it on on, on uh, DES that the last couple years, the NBA regular season has been a dud. I mean, we all know how horrible the, the playoffs were last year. I mean, we don't even need to talk about that. It's, that's not even a debate. Um so I think they had a much needed bounce back year this year. Um, you got some new teams contending, um, young a rookie class that came in and, and was one of the great rookie classes we've seen in a long time. 
Um, what was the one thing that really stood out for you before we get into breaking down the playoffs? But what was the one thing that stood out for you this regular season? The rookies, the rookies, yeah. man. I, I, I think the, this the the crop of youngsters that came in the NBA made it really, really interesting. Would you put this? Would you would you put this draft class amongst the two thousand threes? I know it's early; it's only one year in. But would you would you at least consider putting this amongst one of the greatest draft classes ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll get there. I think it will be among the the discussion because um, we we you know when the season was wrapping up, Malik Monk was out there balling, and and he didn't even get a chance to play this year. Yeah. Um. So there are a lot of guys that that are just sitting that we haven't had a chance to see that we'll see uh, hopefully in the next year or two, especially if the organization's developed and right. So there's more talent out there that we haven't had a chance to to watch and. And I think once they get on the field and develop and manifest into who they're going to be um, and they reach their potential, we, we, we'll definitely see that. So they they stood out to me the most because for me, I think it's setting us up for the future because they are going to they are being added to the the crop of guys that came before them, the Davis, the, the, the cats of the world, the Embiid's. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sarek, you know, all these other guys that have been around for a year or two. So the NBA is, is definitely, Chris Dapperzingis, they're developing a, a whole new uh, breed of stars. So Right, the, the next generation, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yep. I, I would agree. I, I think that would that would be my, my pick as far as a standout from this season is the rookies, definitely. Um, so with that being said, who's your rookie of the year? I mean, dude, you already know, man. Donovan Mitchell, baby. I agree. Donovan Mitchell. I agree. And I've said it on the show, on your show. I've said it here. What? I agree. Wait, you said it on our show? No, I, I said I, I picked Kuzma. I, I had a biased pick. I picked Kuzma. Oh, okay. but, what I, but if I had to pick between Mitchell and Simmons, I would pick Mitchell. Because, I, you know, like I think me and FIFO got into a debate. I, I was like, well, to me, Simmons is not a rookie. Like it, it, it's one of my pet peeves in sports when cats play a year or when like in baseball, when these cats come from Japan, oh, he's a rookie. No, he's not. No, he's not. The dude was a professional. He was against professional athletes. You trained. You had, I don't believe in red shirt rookies. Like I, I don't buy that. I'm sorry. A rookie is a guy that is an amateur, a, 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 a previously was an amateur that comes in the league and plays like Ben Simmons. And, and here's the, here's the most egregious part. Ben Simmons could have played last year. People forget that. Ben Simmons chose not to play last year. Now, I'm not saying he did it strategically, but I'm saying that, you know, he did it. He There was a time where there were a lot of conversations that he could have played. He yeah, chose not to, and they shut him down. Part of that was him. Part of that was the organization. Uh, we'll probably never know the full answer to that. Whatever. But he could have played last year. So, this idea, so he basically got a redshirt year. I'm sorry. I don't count that as a rookie. Now, that's my – a lot of people share that opinion. Some people don't. Some people just say, hey, first-year player, first-year – whatever. I don't agree with that. I feel like Simmons had a year to learn how to be a pro on and off the court. He had a year to rehab, train, develop with pros. Now, I know what most people will say, were the Sixers really a professional team last year? Jokes be that as it may, the facts are the facts. So to me, I would take Mitchell, and I and and the thing that I would think about Mitch, the thing 
and I also rank, I also, I also take into account where they were picked in the draft too. Is that that has to have some kind of sway in everything too? Because it's like, like it's easy for like the number one guy, like like Simmons was the number one pick in that in the in the you know the draft class two years ago. So it's like okay, if you show out and ball out, it's kind of like it's expected. You know what I mean? To a certain extent. But like right. this was a dude that was the last pick in the lottery. Like he easily could have not gone in the lottery. You know what I'm saying? And this dude mm-hmm. bald. Bald. And I think you have to take the team's success into it. You know, that he he was the best player on a team that lost its best player previously. A team that started I think they started out like nineteen and twenty eight. Um, something like that. They were like nine or eight games under five hundred. For a stretch in the season, and then they just had a a a, a historic turnaround. I think they fin- I think in like their I think in like their final thirty six games. I think I read the stats or thirty four games. I think they finished like twenty twenty eight and six or some crazy stat like that. I don't, I'm, don't quote me on that one, but I think I read that somewhere that they like in their last thirty something games they finished like twenty eight and six or something like that. That's crazy to me, and I'm not saying that Simmons is obviously the Sixers are the third seed in the East and they've won fifty games, I, so. Obviously, that that can be on Simmons's category too. But I just I don't know. I just to me I would pick Mitchell because I just think he's he's a legitimate rookie. Wow, Simmons is a retro. Well, yeah, and and they're on a sixteen game winning streak, and a sixteen game winning streak is a sixteen game winning streak, right. no matter how how you slice it. Without their best but player too. The end, yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean they played twelve of those against tanking teams. Yeah. That has to be so so we need a little bit of context. Yeah. Um with that. And, you know, they blew a thirty point lead to the Cavs. You know, um so they could have lost that game when LeBron knew how to hit free throws. Possibly if they would have won in in, in OT. But Donovan Mitchell, you know, it's it's, it's weird. I, I don't like if people want to have the, the rookie, not rookie debate, and if that's your criteria, um, you know, I, 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 I'm with that um, because it's it's kind of confusing when you look at the draft class and you don't see Ben Simmons on it <laughs> yeah. this year. Yeah. But, yeah, he's classified as a, as, as a rookie. Um, so I think there's a conversation to be had about that. But even within the rules, as, as they are, um, the definition – of a rookie as defined by the NBA, meaning that, you know, they he hasn't played. Right. Which is probably why they kept him out, because he wasn't going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, you can't knock what Donovan Mitchell has done. And, and people are, because one of the things that I, I point to, and it is the propaganda machine behind uh, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has a machine behind him constantly putting his name out there in our mouths the way they did with LeBron. Yeah. And people have been waiting to see this guy play all since last year. And finally he's here and they're going to market and push him out there. So everything he does, we're going to, we will talk about the sports debate shows. We'll talk about him. It will be covered. Donovan Mitchell, not so much, but Donovan Mitchell Got better every year and had a better story every every year and stayed in college longer. You said, yeah, what you said about where they were drafted should carry some weight too because nobody expected him to be what he turned out to be, and this dude 
is is just a, a a flat out baller, man. Like, and also I think he plays in Utah, and I think I think that that also contributes to it. You know, he plays in Utah. Ben Simmons isn't a big market, so just by just by just definition, Ben Simmons is going to get more eyes. I mean, it's just fair or unfair. Simmons is going to get more eyes. But yeah, I agree with you, man. But even if even if Simmons played in Utah, he would get the same amount of coverage. I, I believe. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, because you have to, you also have to think about it. Like Simmons was, I mean, I knew about Ben Simmons since he was like 14, 13. Like Ben Simmons is has you know was some of a child prodigy. Like everybody knew about everybody in the basketball community has been following Ben Simmons since you know his early teens. Donovan Mitchell didn't have that same kind of you know you know that rise through the ranks per se you know what i'm saying like he was he was known you know and he was a very good player but he didn't have that you know that that just that superstar label on him from an early age like ben simmons so yeah i, I, exactly. but I you know so i exactly. so yeah that is a and and with that comes a propaganda machine so i completely agree with you like i i i completely agree with you and 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 it's not to, like ben simmons is putting up great numbers like the dude is a flat out baller himself like he's proven proven well i was a waiting to see guy and and he's definitely sh- showed me what he needed to show me not like it freaking mattered but it mattered to the people i debated with or argued with <laughs> right or questioned him with but not to ben simmons but check this out man ben simmons is the first rookie to lead a team with at least 45 wins uh in scoring he averaged 20.5 um, since David Robinson with the Spurs in eighty nine ninety, mm-hmm. like that says something. And when you are in the West and you finished uh, fourth, I think they finished fourth. Yeah, yeah uh, fifth, something. didn't they? They finished fifth, right? Because they got because uh, OKC has home court. Oh yeah, yeah, fifth, 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 fifth. They got the. Uh, they basically got the same record. They could they they could have flip flopped. So yeah, I know. But I, I know what you're saying. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were uh, for the thing Tuesday when I was arguing with Q and, and Raph. But, um, but yeah, fourth, fifth, same thing. It doesn't matter. It's the West, and we right. know what the West was this year. Um, it was like a game separation between third and eight. But either way, look, look at the look at the guys he had. Think about the guys, the point guards that he had to face: Curry, Westbrook, Lillard. <laughs> Um, right. You know, uh, like all these these great point guards that he has to show up and play every single night in the West, and there's never let up. Chris Paul, James Harden, come on, man! Like that's your competition every night. You don't get a break. You don't get a break. And and every night he showed up and and he went to work, and I think he deserves to be Rookie of the Year. You know, but he won't win it. He won't. That's you know, and yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's take Cole. Cole. I I think if there ever was a year to do a Cole, you know, it'd be this year. You know, I think. Well, I, let's let's go back a little bit when you know back in '04. I thought they should have did a Cole with Carmelo and LeBron, but event, you know, they went LeBron. So I mean, you know, it's all political with this stuff. So yeah, Simmons will win it. Um, but I agree with you, man. I mean, you know, Mitchell Mitchell's a star, man. Mitchell's a star. You got to respect that. And this is, and for people that are going to hate on this, like, this is not to denigrate, um, this is not to denigrate Simmons in any way. Like, Simmons is great. Like, the facts are the facts. Like, nobody is, that's why I like, that's why I like my debate is more about actual classification as opposed to game. Cause it's, it's subjective. Like, if, if you were to give me a, an argument that, that Simmons should be the rookie of the year, like, I can't argue it when it comes to on the court. Like, 
I can't argue it. Like if you were to tell me Mitchell was a was the rookie of the year, I'm not gonna argue it. Like when it comes to basically on the court, it's it's apples and oranges, it's, or it's it's splitting hairs, I should say. Like realistically, like they're both very deserving of winning it. You know what I mean? So th- that's that's what I would yeah, say on that. Yeah, and I want to read something else for the people because you know people jumped on me said I didn't bring any facts. Or analytics, man. First of all, screw analytics. I agree. All you advanced stat guys. I hate. Watch the games. Watch the games. Stop putting everything into a computer and trying to come up with little goofy, nerdy stats. I agree with Chuck when he says this. The analytics is ruining sports. These guys that are computer whizzes that want to run professional basketball teams and professional baseball teams. Watch the game. It's my little rant. Go ahead. My bad. Mm So, yeah, so uh, between March and April, because both him and man Ben Simmons, they uh, won uh, uh, Rookie of the Month. But in, in March and April, man, he, he totaled 16 games with 20 or more points, most among rookies during the stretch. He had 35 against San Antonio. He was the first rookie to notch seven 30-point games in a season since Blake Griffin. He posted 20 or more points in 10 straight games from March 15 to April 3rd, making that the longest 21 streak by a rookie, you know, in Jazz history. And first since Joel Embiid last season. And he just got better and better every year. So that's that's for all you people that that like numbers, that that need numbers. To, to help help them, and then they went seventeen and four. And you're right about the record because I heard of something similar too. And you know what? Nobody's talking about it because he's in Utah and he's Donovan Mitchell. But yep. Ben Simmons, if if his name was Ben Simmons, you would hear about that stat. And there you go. <laughs> Nothing else to say. Nothing else to say. We can move on. Uh, who's your real quick? Who's your uh, coach of the year? Brett Brown. Hmm. Interesting. I, I would go with Quinn. Yeah. I would go with Quinn Snyder. I think he's. I think he's. Yeah. I think he's one of the most underrated. I, a while back, you know, I, I love Luke, but when when Quinn Snyder was, you know, before Luke got there, there was, you know, when 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 we hired Byron Scott, um, there was some talks of Quinn Snyder coming aboard and being the Lakers coach, and I was just like, yo, I like that dude. So I'm I'm sold on Quinn Snyder. I think he's a terrific head coach. I don't think he nearly gets enough credit. Um, He's a tremendous head coach. I can, I, and again, I can't argue Brett Brown. I mean, the Sixers were an abomination for the last decade, and they've won fifty games this year. So I, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to not give it to the guy. Um, and I also, in, in one thing with Brett Brown, I like that Colangelo, the new the new administration that took over there, they gave the guy a chance to coach. Because, you know, a lot of organizations that, you know, you know, Colangelo could have easily came in and just cleaned up, cleaned up house and just got rid of Brett Brown. That wasn't fair. The dude had nothing to work with for for three to four years. I mean, that team was an abomination. So, so they easily, so I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be mad if they gave it to Brett Brown. Um, but to me, I, I would go with Quinn Snyder just because of losing Gordon Hayward, the West, uh, you know, that's just me. I would give it to Quinn Snyder. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's deserving. I, I wouldn't be mad at that either. Cool, cool. So uh, let's let's break down these playoffs, man. I mean, um, I'm excited. I mean, this is the first time I've really been excited for a playoffs in a while, man. I th- I think we've got some some really good matchups on on both the East and the West. Um, I'm more intrigued by the by the West, I would say, just kind of looking at the matchups. But I think the East got some good matchups. I mean, let's start with the let's let's start with the East first. Um, 
What's the one matchup that you're like, you've got your real, out of all of the matchups, what's the one matchup that you really got your eye on? Like, this is going to be good. All right. So give me just a second. Let me pull this up. Where is it? I just had this up. All right. So really, you know what? In all honesty, I think this, this, uh, there too. So, um, I mean, Cavs Pacers. I agree. Cavs Pacers, man. Yeah, that's the one that, that I'll, I'll definitely be watching because, you know, playoff LeBron, Lou said he got a secret to fist the defense. So <sighs> more stories there mm-hmm. with, with that team. And now we'll, we'll find out if the season really was a – if the record was really a reflection of the multiple lineups or – are the Cavs really a four seed? Like for real, for real, mm. without all the injuries. You know, even if they had the injuries, they would have finished fourth. You know, so um, and yeah, that's the one I'm, I'm looking at the most. Hmm. And on the West, what's the what's the matchup that you're looking at? What's the one that got you mostly intrigued? Hmm. Rockets, Timberwolves. I agree that we're two for two on that one. I agree. I, I think I'm, I'm saying it right now. I think the Timberwolves are going to be a pain in the ass for the Rockets. I'm, I'm calling it right now. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Rockets, but if there was ever an eighth seed that could beat a one, the Timberwolves are that team. I'm just, I'm putting it out there. I, just, just hear me out for a second. Thibodeau, we know, I know that people have been disappointed with his defense here and, you know, with Minnesota, they don't play defense. I get all that, but Thibodeau's still a very good coach. He knows how to coach in the postseason. He's going to have those boys ready. Minnesota's got a, you know, they've got obviously Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, young players, but they also have some veterans. Jimmy B, Jimmy's, Jimmy's a bulldog. He's been in the playoffs before. They got Teague. They got some guy Crawford. They got some guys that have played in the postseason before. They're not going to be intimidated by Houston. They're not. I'm telling you right now, Houston, James Harden has a, has the that propensity to kind of take games off and be lack, lackadaisical. I'm telling you right now, Houston better be on the A game because if they if they take Minnesota lightly, they will go down in six. You know, the thing about it for me and, and why I want to watch that one is I want to see if the Rockets return back to form um, midseason early season form when they were just destroying everybody. When when I looked at them and said, man, I remember when the Warriors came out and they were lighting everybody up and 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 people took notice. But the Warriors are lighting – I mean, the Rockets are lighting everybody up and nobody's talking about them. Mm-hmm. Like, could this be their version of the Warriors season? Like, could they be the Warriors all over again just in a different uniform? And um, right before – any of the other media, the the mass media, the bigger media started talking about the Rockets. Um, we, we had that conversation. Well, they've struggled down the stretch. They haven't played like themselves down the stretch. They, they're becoming more and more iso ball heavy and three-point shooting heavy. And I know mm-hmm. they play like that for a majority of the season, but it's just, it's just not conducive to playoff basketball. And they don't have a force in the middle of the way, the Timberwolves have but the Timberwolves are relative are still really really young and at times offensively to me 
they look like they can struggle. So for me, it's well, Thibodeau's not a great offensive coach. We all know that. We all know that. I mean, Thibodeau's not exactly. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's not an artist and not, yeah. he's not an artist when it comes to coaching uh, offense. So we know that. But I just I don't know. I think the Timberwolves are that team. I mean, when you when you get these upsets of eight seeds and ones, you know, it, it's it, it's usually an eighth seed that isn't really an eighth seed. Like you think of your prototypical eighth seeds. They're a young kind of. And I know that Minnesota's young. And, you know, I wouldn't say they're inexperienced because they have Jimmy Butler. They have a coach that's experienced. They have, you know, guys on that team that have been in playoffs. So I wouldn't say they're in. They're young because their best player is young, but they're they're a little bit different in that regard. And also, this is a team that realistically, if before they lost Jimmy Butler, they should have been a top three or four seed. Like, everybody yes. knows that. Like, so this is not your prototypical kind of ragamuffin AFC fought and scrapped all year to make a top Top eight seed, like no, this is a team that was well on their way to at the very least getting the fourth seed, you know, and you know, obviously hit injuries, they you were, know, yeah, they were like third when 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 Butler went down, they, weren't they? Yeah, and they were they were ten and thirteen without Jimmy Butler this year. Yeah, so that obviously hurt them. So this is not a prototypical yeah. eighth seed. So that's the one thing that would you know, if I'm a Rockets fan, would concern me. It's like this is you know, you're not playing, you know. The Lakers, and you know, as an eighth seed, you know, you're playing a, a, a very competent team. So I agree with you, man. I, I think, I think, I think this is a series that will be very, very interesting. I have another one too um, in the West that I would be very intrigued by. I think the Jazz um, Thunder series will be very good too. I think uh, that's an interesting series as well. You know what makes that interesting <clears throat> for me? Um, I, I just want to see how they use Melo. Because I think Billy Donovan hasn't used Melo the right way at all uh, this year, and uh, basically just relegated him to like a third wheel to uh, a, a, a role player, and it's mm-hmm. kind of insulting. Yeah. Um, so here you are in the playoffs, and I think the playoffs is is made is perfect for a guy like Melo. And I think if they come out and they get him going, because he's a volume shooter, we all know this. Right. Get him going early. Get him his shots early. You can put, and then all of a sudden, as the game starts to come down the stretch, man, you can put Melo in the post. Melo can work middle end. Melo can get you on the perimeter. Like you need a bucket, and when Melo is going, you cannot stop him. So, can Billy Donovan and will Billy Donovan use Melo and unleash Melo in the playoffs? So, and, and will the Thunder get back to that stretch? You know, they were on when it looked like they figured it out before they lost Roberson. Um, that's what I want to see. So, if, if it, I think the Thunder, man, they're, they're, they're dangerous. So, yeah, I'm, I'm watching that one, too, just to see if Thunder uh, get back on track. And and one more thing before um, we go to, like, our whole predictions of what we think is going to happen. Um, back to the Houston conversation. This is – I don't know if you're going to agree with me, but for me, this is their regular – this is their start of their season now. I don't care what they did in the regular season. I don't care how many wins they won. I don't care about all that. Saturday, April, what, 14th, 15th, whatever the date is, whenever they play their first game, I think they play Sunday, actually. So, yeah, it is like the 15th. Sunday night, Sunday evening, whatever, that is the start of their season for me. I don't care what they did in the regular season. I don't care how many wins they won, games they won. That is when we'll see the Rockets, the real Rockets. You know, and that team has a lot of pressure on them. A lot of pressure. They have a coach who has never won a championship and has never proven that his system works in the playoffs. 
They have a point guard in Chris Paul, who for all of his greatness, for all of the bouquets that everybody loves to throw at Chris Paul, he's a guy that has never, I repeat, never gotten out of the second round series. And don't tell me he hasn't had talent. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. He's had he's had plenty of talent. He's never and he's and he's had some questionable moments in postseason play too. He's had some moments. And then of course we all know about James Harden. So and that's a team that everybody's going to be watching. You know, you, you know, and I know Jeff I don't know, I was listening to an interview with Jeff Van Gundy on Mad Dog uh radio today. And he's basically praising the Rockets and their defense the defensive efficiency and all that. Jeff, and to all the Rocket fans out there, this is when we'll learn about the Rockets. 2-2 series, game on the line, you know, down by three, three minutes to go. Can they get a big stop? And can James Harden make a winning championship play? That's when we know about the Rockets. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't um, care about 66 wins or whatever. I don't care about none of that. None of that. That means nothing to me. 2-2 two, two series, down by three, late in the fourth quarter. That's when we'll learn about the Rockets. True. What I what I'll say to that is that what what I liked about this year versus the previous years is that the the pressure was was coming from up top by ownership. Darren Morey said, "We want the Rockets. I mean, we want the Warriors. Like we want to win a title." So. It's not, hey, we're just going to go out. I'm going to try to win a title. No, he's, he's mandated. He was like, this is it. This is the goal. Nothing else matters. And they play like that all year long. So um, they were the ones that decided to race out and prove that they're mm-hmm. the better team. So you're right. Now it's time to really go out and show that you're the better team. Defense is up. Boom. Um, you can score with anybody and can get stops. So now can you put it all together and win – 16 games to a title. That's what it's all about. But I think they'll be able to handle it. I hope they'll handle it. But I think with the pressure that they've had on them all year, set by the organization, I think that I hope that that prepared them for this moment. We shall see. I don't know. We Yeah, I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. All right, so I got a shotgun loaded, ready to go. Gun to your head. Let's let's run through these quick fire. Just give me a team you think is going to win each series. So let's start in the West. Obviously, the aforementioned Rockets, Timberwolves. Who you got? Rockets. Uh, the four and the five matchup because that's who they would play next. Uh, Thunder and Jazz. Who you got? Thunder. Warriors. Spurs. Spurs. And Portland and uh, New Orleans. Blazers. Uh, Rockets and Thunder. Thunder. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Portland and Golden State. Golden State. It took too long to answer that one, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Golden State, OKC. Thunder. What? Wow. I'm writing this down. I am I am jotting this down. 
Jotting this down. April 12th. It's still April 12th on my end, so we'll count that. April 12th. All right. Okay. All right. Let's go. So he's got a, he's got the Thunder representing the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. Okay. All right. In the Eastern Conference. Okay. Shotgun loaded up again. All right. Uh, Raptors and um, damn, who the hell do Raptors play again? Crap. Wizards. Wizards. Yeah. Wizards. Raptors. Wizards. Yeah. Wizards. Yeah. Uh, if the Wizards was the Raptors. Raptors. Okay. Um, yeah. Cavs. Pacers. Cavs. Hmm. Celtics. Bucks. Bucks. Whoa. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay. And uh, Sixers and Heat. Sixers. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Raptors, Cavs. Oh, Cavs. Oh man, where am I? Uh, Sixers and Bucks. Sixers. Hmm. Okay. And then Sixers and Cavs. Cavs. So you got a Cavalier, OKC NBA final. Mm-hmm. And what's your prediction? And how many games? Cavs will win. They will do it in six. So Cavs are your NBA champion. I'm writing this down. Cavs NBA champions. <laughs> they got the luck of Tristan Thompson. Last time Tristan Thompson cheated on his girl, they won a championship. So they got the luck of Tristan Thompson on his side, according to you. All right. Okay. Got it. Uh, I guess I, I'll do I'll do mine real quick. Um, I've got the Timberwolves upsetting the Rockets. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, I, I, "Hey, y'all can y'all can flame me on social media if the Rockets go out there and sweep them." But I, I'm just, I don't know. Got a funny feeling about the Timberwolves. And the one thing I was say, real quick, one thing I would say about the Timberwolves: the Timberwolves have been playing playoff games basically for the last two weeks. Remember that. True. They've basically been in the playoffs basically since the, the month of April started. So, just telling y'all. Uh, Timberwolves right over the Rockets in six. Um, OKC Jazz, I've got OKC in seven. Uh, Golden State Spurs, Golden State without Kawhi, it's, it's going to be hard. Um, and then Portland and New Orleans, that's going to be another fun series, but I got Portland. Um, OKC and and Minnesota. Minnesota's run ends. I got OKC begrudgingly. Um and then I've got Golden State over over uh Portland. I think Curry will make a comeback in that series. Um and then I got Golden State over OKC. And then in the East, I've got the Raptors over the Wizards in seven. Because I think the Raptors will mess around in that series. Um <clears throat> I've got Cleveland over Indiana. I've got Boston over the Bucks. And I've got <sighs> I'm I'm gonna go with the Heat over the Sixers. I wanted to. 
I think uh, I think the youth will will catch up to Philly. I think it'll I think it'll be one of those seven game series, and I think Miami's just their their veteran moxie will will make them survive that series. That's just me. But anyway, um, I yeah, I I I'm close to picking the Sixers, but I just I want to be different. What the hell? Anyway, um, Raptors, Cavs. As much as I don't trust them, I'm gonna go with the. If there ever was a year, this is the year. Why not? I'm gonna go with Raptors over Cavaliers. I mean, you're already out on a limb with the Timberwolves. Why not, man? You know what I'm saying? Because it's easy to pick all. The, it's easy to pick their favorites, man. Come on, let's make it fun. Raptors over Cavs. I think the Raptors finally do it. They finally slated slated Dragon. Um, and then I got Boston over. Miami. I just I, that's how much respect I got for that coach. That's just me. But and then I've got the Celtics and the Raptors in the NBA Finals, and I think the Raptors finally, finally, again I don't trust them. I'm doing this very, very cautiously. I got the Raptors surviving and advancing to a finals where they will get. Destroyed by the Warriors in four. The Warriors will win their second straight championship and their third in four years. Wow. Wow. I, that would be dope if the Raptors went, man. I, I would feel so I wanna see some I wanna see something new, man. I, I, I just can't stomach seeing at first I can't stomach seeing Warriors Cavs again. I think I think I, even if you're like the biggest fan of LeBron, I think everybody's like, okay, and we've seen this play out already. Like, it's, it's all right. Like, and also, yeah, I think it's I, I like seeing new blood from time to time. Like, I like seeing new teams get a chance. So why not? Why not the Raptors? Right? I don't. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. And I can see. And I can see the Wizards beating the Raptors in that series. So we're talking about eight eight seeds beating one seeds. The Wizards are well equipped. Now it's what Wizards team actually shows up, but whatever. Um, but yeah, man, I, I like picking new teams, so why not, man? I'm going on a limb, and I'm picking the Wizards. I mean, I'm picking the uh, Raptors to uh, advance to a final. If there ever was a year they're going to beat LeBron, this is the year. Come on now, no excuses, no, no excuses. And, and you know what? I, I read an article, man. Like they, they've adopted uh, a new way of thinking too like they've changed or are trying to change their culture and right when that article came out the Cavs went and smoked them and have beaten them twice since that article came out so like they're uh, the same old Raptors again I'm not I'm not, I will preface this anybody that's listening to this show and is going to go to Vegas and pour money on these picks do not please I am no expert so I'm just telling you what I feel and what I think Okay. For all I know, it could be Cavs, Warriors, four. So don't, don't, don't quote me on that.